Um, I usually do like sort of like casual. It's always casual. Like turn on the mic thing while I'm still talking. Okay. And someone's like, "Oh, I just came out of the bathroom," and I'm like, "Great, because the mic is on." Yeah. Um, actually. Not the person who runs Graham, but the head of the resource center. His name is Kenyon, and we went to the same high school. Are you there? Yes. And he's actually... <laughs> I was going to say, like, he's never going to listen to this, but he did ask me what my podcast was called, and he listened to, like, ten minutes of one, and he's like, it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it was for me, necessarily. But um, I think that's legitimately the best thing that came out of where I went to high school. Because mm-hmm. I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he hated it. But boy, in our interview, when that came out, did I play that up. Really? As you do. Yeah. Wow, you went there too? Oh my god, yeah. I blah. went there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Lou Ferrigno went to my high school. Mm-hmm. He played the original Incredible Hulk on TV. Oh, he was like a bodybuilder oh, in the era right, of Arnold. Yeah. And I actually met him and I told him that. What is his first name? Lou. Like Luther? Like Louis, I imagine. Hello, oh, you. Okay. Uh, in my head, I heard Lufa. 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 I was like, that's a Rick. name. <laughs> I need a Lufa. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, I actually do need a Lufa. Those are like for the shower, right? Yes. Or, I mean, you can, you can bottle a Lufa. Sure you can. <laughs> I don't really understand, like, what those are for. So, uh... It's for, like, scrubbing yourself in a way which your hand and a bar of soap are obviously not capable of? Exactly. Um, okay. so I used to do scrubby gloves. Let's, let's have this conversation. So I used yeah. to do, like, the scrubby gloves, and, um... In the bath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to shower with. I had, I literally have, like, these gloves that you put on your hands, okay. and then you, like, rub your body <laughs> with the yeah. soap and the gloves, and they're great. But, like, I don't know what happened to them, and... I should probably get more. But so the other day, I was speaking to Kendall on um, FaceTime. And I was like, Kendall, I have a boop pimple. Because I did have a boop pimple. And I was like, how did that get there? Like, I don't understand why I have a boop pimple. And she was like, um, oh, you just need a loofah. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, oh, you just, if you just scrub your whole body, you'll never get pimples on it, like, ever again. And I was like, okay. So I'm going to get a loofah to scrub my boop pimple. Yeah, that's I know, I mean, I know like acne is supposedly caused by stress mm-hmm. and genetics and like sugary foods and mm-hmm. stuff. Is that the same with boob pimples? Boob and pimples? So boob I, pimples? <laughs> so I haven't um, actually ever, I don't, I didn't really suffer from like acne growing up at all. Like, um, my, both my parents are really bad acne, so um, I'm like really lucky that I didn't really, you know, but we all have like, we all get them. Again, but I've like never really had like a boob pimple. <laughs> I think it's just because it's probably just because I was like wearing wearing like um, like the other day when I was working, I was wearing like a like non breathable shirt. Yeah. So it was probably just like you know nasty. Yeah. Feeling it, feeling all hot there. So they, you know, boob pimple. Yeah. And I was like, this. How did how did this happen? I don't understand. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. Well, why are we here? Okay. Yeah, I can tell you're waiting for like, what are we talking about no, exactly? Um, podcast, podcast, podcast. Earlier today, I was like, I don't want to fucking. What are we doing? Like, I don't want to talk about acting. Like, go so away. Tired of acting. Um. 
Have you listened to any any podcasts lately? Sure. Like in general? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Not at all, actually. I haven't even listened to music in, like, the last... Besides, like, I listened to, like, Christian rock the other day. Really? Yeah, because Why? I thought I had a ghost, and then it, like, freaked me out. So I was like, oh, I'll put on some... You thought what? I thought I had a ghost for, like, a little while. Is that is that something that comes up in your life? Or was this, like, No, this time? this was, like... This was, like... What I was does that just... mean? <laughs> well, um... What does that feel like? Not very good. I was very freaked out for a while. I don't think it was a ghost. I think it was a mouse. I think we've established it was a mouse. Okay. Um, there was a peanut butter cup in a bag, and the bag kept, like, moving, you know? Oh. And then I was like, oh, my God. And, like, for a couple of days, like, this bag was, like, moving, and then I'd, like, walk over to the bag, and, like, be like, what the hell? Like, whatever. But uh, it turns out, yeah, like probably go-to a go-to is, like, we have a ghost. Well, no, that was my roommate's go-to. Okay. And then I realized, oh, there's a peanut butter cup in that, like... Because it was a gift, it was like a gift bag, and I had gotten someone like a giant peanut butter cup. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I think it was trying to get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. the ghost either, was. either a ghost or a mouse or dead mouse. Bad <laughs> <laughs> joke. Let's just retract that. <laughs> um, so you are named. Okay. <laughs> you are in. Where are you in? What? So I wasn't there, it's last semester. Was? Was. Is it over? It is over. Oh, okay. Was the that... whole studio is closing down. No, wow. Uh, it's no. because the studio had ghosts. <laughs> Something like that. No. Um, was that the plan for you originally? Yeah. Um, I really only wanted to do one semester there. and I, I mean, I was kind of open to doing more, but I honestly think that um, I learned what I needed to learn there. So I'm moving on. I'm what did you learn there? Because I don't know much about it. Um, honestly, I think it like really opened up my way of thinking about being an actor hmm. from just from doing. Okay, so you you do in transfer check. You do four classes. You have set design, devising, directing, and playwriting. And um, I really think that like coming from a playwriting perspective and coming from a directing perspective. You just understand the plays that you're reading so much more because you're looking for the things that make that make sense. You know, like you're looking for the things that take the actor in a direction because you're you're trying to write those things. You're trying to recreate those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that like once I started approaching acting as a director, because in my directing class, I I would be I was directing a scene, um, like a ten minute scene, ten to fifteen minute scene. But then I was also acting in other people's scenes. Um, because, you know, they asked me to act in their scenes. And just as, like, an actor, I felt so good about the scenes that I did in that class. I mean, you know, they, they go, one day it might be good, one day it might be bad. But I think that I felt, like, really good about those scenes because I was now approaching thinking about acting as a director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not, like, necessarily, I mean, I had a director there telling me, oh, like, when you do this, it's really effective, or step here is step here, like, you know, that kind of thing. Um or like, oh, I really like that choice you made, or maybe let's try something different, but I feel like I understood the character so much more that I wasn't making choices that were outside the realm of, like, the character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I actually hate that. Like, I hate the thought of, like, oh, the character wouldn't do this, but I think at some point, like, you have to be like, is this character, <laughs> is this character the type of person who is going to, like, you know, do something crazy, or is this person who kind of stays within their realm of possibility, you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. I think um, 
I had a moment there while you were talking, <laughs> while completely listening. I had a moment initially where I was like, what did I learn? How would I describe to somebody what I learned? What the mm-hmm. fuck did I do? What motivates us to go to these specific programs? You know, I mean, I think you have to buy into the fact that you landed where you did for a reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like talking to my own ego right now. But um, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, like the intensity of a semester followed by a period of letting it sink in, being lonely, being alone, trying to find work, sort of not, you know, trying to create something or not, it's weird, you know. Like, how do you incorporate whatever just happened into your life as a whole? That's what most breaks feel like to me. Mm-hmm. I also, I totally get that. Um, I think it's really, I think also sometimes being active is really difficult when you're not in classes, because those are the things that are pushing you, because you keep having work that like motivates you. But when you don't have work, it's so hard to do the work. Yeah. Because you know you don't really have anything that you're, um, like a goal that you're like striving towards. You know. Right. Uh, and I, I also think it's I've tried really hard uh, to to not let like the lack of work get in the way yeah but I also feel it's it's really hard I also just think like as somebody who's like an international student it's really hard to do anything I, I can't do any jobs and get paid for them I can't do any jobs and get lunch for them nobody wants to work with me because I'm international and they're like oh it's like too much work to do the paperwork you know what I mean so it's just kind of like what I, everything I'm doing I'm either doing for free or I'm doing in school and that sucks so what what is the if you submit to something and someone likes you like what what are the next steps from there you're like oh by the way <laughs> um, I mean when I submit to something I have to disclose usually that I'm international so what's mm-hmm. what's the process for you look like to make that whole thing easier um, visa are we it's a visa situation no it's not a visa situation because because I'm on a student visa right now. Yeah. So that means that I can only work either doing an internship, a CPT internship, which is like a specific type of internship that my program has to offer. Don't e- I don't even think Tish offers those, honestly. Like, I've tried to look for them, can't find anything. I might be wrong, but... Um, so, like, I'm not even sure if Tish offers those. Or I have to work on campus. There's, like, no in between hmm. so like I, I actually physically cannot try out for work that has any sort of payment even if even if they say oh food will be for provided that's illegal because and that means that I'm doing them a service and they're giving me food so like that's fucked up <laughs> yeah so um so I've thought about it I was like I need to I need to figure out what I'm doing when I graduate because what am I going to do in my last semester of people reaching out to me and saying, oh, like, you know, we want to work with you. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just trying to figure that stuff out right now because uh, there's a lot of, like, legal stuff that yeah. gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah, I know, I know. You'd think it would make it just a little bit easier for artists to work <laughs> considering that it is so hard to get work, you know, already. 
I think I think one of the great byproducts of like interacting with other people very broad generalization coming up is that you have a better perspective on exactly what your life is mm -hmm. like oh I just put my own issues in context you know <laughs> uh, are you a junior or a senior? junior I technically could have graduated early because yeah. I had been taking 18 credits per semester and, um, you know, I was pretty much done with all the drama stuff, but I decided to double major in psychology. Cool. So I'm here till the end, for four years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We take CAMS classes for your psychology? No, we take only psych classes. <laughs> um, which is like also ridiculous. You know what's ridiculous about taking psych classes is that the textbooks are like two hundred dollars. And you have to buy them. Like every yeah, like my textbooks were like sixty, like one hundred sixty, one hundred ninety, two hundred one copies for the semester. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> rather um, not. You know. It's interesting how many actors are interested in psychology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I know you took like Children of Divorce a while ago. Yeah. But I'm never gonna take that. Was that? <laughs> just, no, I like I would like to. Yeah. I mean, like. Just in your plan of how to graduate. It doesn't work. It yes. Um, did that? Was that helpful? For your yeah. life, practically. Mm -hmm. It was. Totally. Um, I mean, was it helpful in that I learned value valuable information that was going to inform the rest of my career? Absolutely not. Was it helpful in that I learned valuable information about myself and the way that I grew up? Yes. Um, but you could you could easily say that will inform your career. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking that as I was saying it. Um, <laughs> but um, true, true. But I think it was. I think yeah. I, I guess everything that you learn about yourself as an actor, as an artist, informs the work that you do. So yeah, it was helpful in some way to like the rest of my career. But it was more helpful in pointing out. The issues that I have and why I have them. Yeah. Essentially, um, and then also just like, just educating me on what marriage looked like from the beginning of marriage, which I think was really important because it was a lot about you know being having like mutually beneficial situations and marrying into like different family names. Like this, okay, this is like a weird thing, but so one of my friends was saying to me. Um, what is the moral reason we're against incest? Uh, the moral reason. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, the one I always think of is like birth defects, but that's not a, the moral reason. Right. So I don't so, know. Right. So like, we look. Is it because you're not extending your family? It's essentially, yeah. Because because um yeah because like in so originally like in the 1800s or you know whatever um, marriage. When you married somebody, it was because oh, like we um, we make clothes and that family farms. Let's join our families and it'll be like a mutually beneficial situation kind of thing. You right. know, it was like we let's merge our businesses essentially yeah. and move forward. And um, so it was all about like taking on somebody else's name mm -hmm. and um, and making it beneficial for the whole family. So if you decided to have, like, relations within your family, yeah. then um, 
then you weren't like continuing the family name and obviously birth defects were also like a side effect of that yeah. so it was just interesting because like obviously nobody likes incest it makes them feel very uncomfortable um, <laughs> um yeah you're the type so, <laughs> um, so yeah like nobody likes incest but I obviously feel like the moral reason behind that is there isn't really a moral reason it's just something that's like embedded in us yeah and society has kind of pushed us in that direction yeah you know you know, I... But you're an only child, right? Yes. So you don't have a brother that you would want to fuck. Um, if you had one, you might. I, I mean, I, I've never one. had a brother, so I'm not going to knock it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Don't knock it until you try it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. uh, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I was in... Um, I was in L.A. a few days ago, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounded pompous. <laughs> uh... And I went to San Diego for a day to visit some friends who live in this building. Mm-hmm. And we went to a museum, and there was an exhibit on cannibals. 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 <laughs> but, Siri, but, <laughs> this is not, like, the greatest life lesson ever learned, but I went into it being, like, I don't see, like, I definitely am not a fan of yeah, cannibals. Right. Like, I wouldn't, like, kill one mm-hmm. if they were talking to me on subway, mm-hmm. but... Um, well, not really a fan. Yeah. And then I would be a murderer. Yeah. Um, but it pretty much talked about how I went into this exhibit being like, there's no good reason, you know, someone would eat another person. You know, mm-hmm. I just think of that as being depraved because the one scenario I think of is like you just out of the blue for some reason decide to eat somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that seems like worse than anything you could do. Except they're like, no, like people do it. Like, ritualistically, when someone has recently died, you know, they didn't kill the person, just eat them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, for survival. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a little film about people who did it to survive. And I'm like, oh. Like, people were in, like, plane crashes. Like, that's that literally what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can't survive over a person, though, honestly. Because, like, if you were to eat, like, human flesh over a long period of time, your body doesn't process it. Is that true? <clears throat> that's true, yeah. So, like, you could not survive over eating humans. You could survive for maybe, like, a number of days, but, like, long-term, yeah. you could not survive because your body doesn't process it. But apparently it's a myth that, like, it gives us, like, some mad cow disease. No, I don't think that's true, yeah. Shit. I don't know, I should ask my roommate, she's a nurse. We actually had this conversation the other day, and she was like, you can't survive with human flesh. She didn't say it like that. That sounded way more bitchy than the way she said it. But she was just like, yeah, like, it's nothing. So. She's like, ah, you can't survive with human flesh. <laughs> you can't survive. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Well, it's encouraging to know that it's an option, mm-hmm. as is incest. Uh, you can have... All right. Um, <laughs> um, Did you just say that it's an option? <laughs> I'm going to leave. <laughs> you can't get that. Wait, why were you in L.A.? I was in L.A. because... Um, we have a couple family friends there who let us stay in their guest house, which mm-hmm. is nice. And my mom was like, I'm going to go visit them. Do you want to come? Mm-hmm. I was like, sure. Well, that's nice. And so I did. Um, it always, it's so, it's weird for me because I lived there right before NYU for like a year. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my opinions on like what exactly that year did and didn't do for me are like constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Like it was like by far the most isolated I've ever been. Like, it was 
insane. You know, I think plenty of people in that situation, like, it would have really fucked them up. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that I'm sitting here and I can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and LA is just kind of that way. You know, it's very big and there's a lot of it's you against the world thing, especially because everybody's in the industry, which is, it's like kind of fucking nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. You know, like what makes you think you can be in this movie? I don't know. What makes me? What makes me think I can be in this movie? You know, yeah. what do we all have in common that is delusional? I don't know. Um, I think. Did you see La La Land the movie? I did. Yes. Yeah, but that's the part I really liked it, and I like holding on to that hope. Um, but it seems like the flip side of that for me is like extreme realism. I'm like, what? Who? Like, who are you kidding? Okay, so besides like all the the racial stuff, um, you know, like besides the fact that obviously every movie in Hollywood these days, not every movie, but 90% of the movies in Hollywood don't have actors with speaking roles who, you know, people of color with speaking roles. So like obviously just, that's a given about that movie. But um, I didn't think the first scene like belonged in that movie. That first scene was cheesy as fuck. Um, Where they're like dancing on the cars and they're like, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, you know, and I was like, I love that. I was like, is this, I was sitting next to someone who's from California, and I just, I've never been to California, so I just turned to him and I was like, is this what California is? And he was like, yep, that's, like, every time I come home, I just change my shirt into, like, a pastel color and dance on a car. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Obviously. Blah, but, okay. Yeah. Ugh. But actually, I didn't see the end of the movie. Why? I had to evacuate the movie theater. Really? Yeah. Like for an official reason, or like um, you had to go? No, like for like for. I mean, Why? it was. I guess it was. It, no official person told us to evacuate. There was just a guy who was like talking and mumbling things and being like kind of disruptive. And people were like shush, shush, shush. And the next thing, like twenty people just got up and like ran out the closest exit. And I was like, "What is that?" Like sprinted. Like got up. Ran and I was like, is the movie over? I'm so confused. And then everyone just started like pouring into like the stairs. And I was like, what is going on? And someone was like, oh my God, he's got a gun. And then the next person was like, oh my God, get him off me. And they were like screaming. I'm like sitting in the back with the, this friend. And I'm like sitting in the back and we're like right in the corner. We're like, what the fuck? There's like no exit. So we were like, what do we do? What's going on? So we start like running down the stairs, going to like the far exit. And these, like, the people who were going out the other exit all turn around and come running towards us, and we're like, what the fuck? And then they were like, he's blocking the door. So then we're just, like, running down <laughs> this, like, set of stairs, and the whole time, like, I don't know where to go because I don't know if we're actually going to an exit or not. Like, I'm so confused. I was like, what if we get to the bottom and there's a closed door? Like, what are we going to do? Like, you know, um, but yeah. So I never saw again honestly, but I don't understand why people would make such a big fuss of someone having a gun if they didn't have a gun. And when, uh, you know, the next day when we, like, called the cinema, cinema. Where was this? Regal. Union Square. Was this in the paper? I did see, like, uh, something about it on Facebook, um, where they said, where pretty much they insinuated that the person didn't have a gun. I don't think that's true. I don't think people would be running out in a panic the way that they were if somebody didn't have a gun. I think that was like, we cannot confirm nor deny that this person had a gun. You know what I mean? Because... 
Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Well, I really like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. What did you like about the movie? Uh, well, I like that the protagonists were white because it affirms my superiority over everybody. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, I feel no, like that's exactly. I, I mean, um, I don't know. I like that, I like that both of them wanted to do something and they did it, even though obviously it's Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. I really like Emma Stone and I fall in love with her a little bit every time I see her in a movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I don't know, I felt a little bit less in love with her in this movie for whatever reason. Okay. I mean, I, no, I, I I didn't think her performance was bad or anything. I enjoyed it, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't get something. I didn't think he was great, and he won the Golden Globe. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, they were fine. Both of them were good. They're good actors. They did they fine performances, you know, like good performances. Do I think that the performances were Oscar-worthy or, like, Golden Globe-worthy? Yeah. Probably not. I think the music was. I thought the music was great. Yeah. The music was my favorite thing about that movie. And the singing is not like, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're not singers. But I was like, the music was great. You don't have to be a singer to sing that type of music. It was great. Yeah. Holy shit. You really buried the lead with that story. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus. Um, (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Um, This is, I guess this is like the time that we're living in right now. I, I suppose so. Uh, that's what I hear. I'm that's just, what I read. I'm sorry. I'm just going to mention because it needs to be said. Yeah. That, like, it is ridiculous that we are in 2017 now and there are no, like, gun control laws that actually stop crazy people from having guns. And I don't want to say crazy people because that's maybe, like, crazy isn't right. But, you know, people who unstable enough to have guns. There's... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm just thinking about that guy in your situation specifically. Like, I want to believe that the theater would address it if something was actually discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that they would, but I wasn't there, mm-hmm. and I don't know... I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. who knows if this guy just ran out and, like, nobody ever really saw yeah um that's that's frightening though it just Um, yeah i mean totally i i do think that like a lot these days people are taking more responsibility for things you know like companies and like for example like regal would you know i would assume they would take responsibility if something like that happened they would be like oh you know we're really sorry for any trouble whatever but the thing is like Regal does search people before they come into the door you know like they search women's bags generally so like if they missed something like that that's also, you know, something that they would have to be accountable for. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying that there was a gun. I just don't understand why people would scream and run the way that they did. It was, like, hysteria. Yeah. It was, people were stampeding. Like, there were people trampling over other people. And I just don't think that 20 people all at once would get up for no reason. It's not like they were all whispering, like, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. And they're like, we should leave. It was, like, literally something happened. Like, it was, like... We heard, like, a bit of noise, and 20 people just got up and started running. I was like, what makes 20 people get up and start running all at once? It was like, I was like, is this yeah. a flash mob? I'm it so was confused. like some, <laughs> it was, I mean, mass hysteria has yeah. something to do with it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I think know. one person could think they saw something, and then that second person sees the first person, and then everybody's like, 
but, we're getting out of here. Yeah, but my point being, though, that it wasn't one person who stood up and said, I saw a gun, right. or whatever. It was, like, 20 people at once. And they were all sitting, like, you know, kind of all around each other. Um, like, around, situated, like, sitting around that person. So I was just, like, something had to have happened. You know, I don't think that 20 people independently would get up at the same time. It was just, like, it was just weird. Yeah. Something happened, you know? There was something. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, that's insane. Um, I saw the movie Lion the other day, which is really oh, good. Oh, you did? Yeah. I want to see that movie. Yeah. I, like, didn't know anything about it going mm-hmm. in, and it was really, really good. He is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is so good. I really enjoy him, and I love his accents, because he's British, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he has, like, an Australian accent in the film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, I saw Fences. Me too. You Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I loved... I saw it on New Year's <laughs> Eve, and many people got up and left, presumably, to go to their New Year's plans, which made me decide I am not seeing movies on New Year's Eve anymore. Yeah. Because that was pain in the ass, but it was good. People got up and left? Like, two-thirds through. So we're talking, it's like 10.45 p.m., and, like, they had to go somewhere. Well, I hope it was because they had to go somewhere, not because they just didn't like the movie. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I, but uh, th- I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what's weird. Well, that's one thing that's weird about being in a setting like that with other people. It's like you don't really know True. what they thought. Mm-hmm. Except right after the movie when people decide to say it, which is like my least favorite. Like, I can't get out of there fast enough. I can't, I somehow can't. Are talking. Yeah, yeah, like I somehow can't protect my own like opinion that. of the movie. Yeah. They're like, it was... I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> let me get out of here. Yeah. I don't want to know what you felt. Why didn't you like it? But I don't want to talk to you because I don't know you. Yeah. Ugh. I also think you need, like, processing time after you see a movie to figure out what you liked and what you didn't like. I, sometimes... And I think maybe maybe this... Okay, maybe this is just a... Maybe this is just, my like, a Kayla thing. But I often feel like a lot of the time I don't... Like, I know that I'm feeling something. And I know that this something is making me feel good or bad. But it takes me a while to be like, this is the emotion that I'm feeling. Right. And this is the reason that I'm feeling it. It takes, like, processing time. Right. So I get what you're saying. Like, you know, I think that people should just be quiet for a little bit. Yeah, I think movies and plays or whatever are hopefully nuanced enough that you don't, that the second day end, you shouldn't be like, that was good. Yeah. That was bad. Mm -hmm. I think it may be evident when, like, something was really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, But you still don't have to say it. Yeah. I think... uh, Whatever. Everybody has a platform. And also people right around me were like on their phones <laughs> obsessively. Mm-hmm. And this couple in front of me, the the man was sleeping and the woman was on Instagram. Oh my god. From the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, this why is did not, you here? Yeah, why did you pay? Like this is yeah. in your living room. Yeah. Um oh, you pay. I, I do think though the one thing about that movie that I found really encouraging was I was like, if I if I do continue to be an actor, this is the type of acting I should produce. Produce, mm-hmm. yeah. Like out of myself, not like produce. Okay. Out of, I mean, if I, if I were a director, that is what I would hope. Yeah. You know, to produce like what I think because I just think Denzel and and Viola so. Good. Viola yeah. is like, I watched 
<laughs> trailer. I watched the trailer for Fences and I was in tears. Like, she's just so good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was one thing where I was just like, I'm always, I'm always going to be impressed with, with, you know, the level of acting that they produce. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope I always will be, but I, you know, I always am. Yeah. And I always have been in the past. Yeah. Um, Fuck, I had a... <laughs> what was I going to ask That you? was a full sentence. <laughs> what was I going to ask you? Um, oh, yeah. You said, you said if I continue acting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that often. And I'm told that a lot of artists are constantly questioning themselves. Um... Which in itself is very intriguing to me mm-hmm. because I think I feel like I've been fed this narrative like you need to be like you need to believe in yourself more than like anybody you see mm-hmm. on a given day. Mm-hmm. Your belief needs to be so strong mm-hmm. like you can knock someone over with the amount mm-hmm. you believe in yourself. And maybe these two things are not like they can coexist at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you can believe in yourself a lot and you can have doubts all the time, which I think is probably true. But um, what, I think I was gonna ask you like, where do those doubts come from? Um, I guess because I think, I think where a lot of the doubt comes from in all of us is, am I good enough to make it in this cutthroat industry? And it's it's not even, I don't even think it's the am I good enough part first. It's, this is a cutthroat industry. This, like, I need to look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way. Um, I need to be interesting. It's like this constant pressure to be this person who does not fail at all, you know? And then it's like, am I good enough to be that? You know? Yeah. So I think that's, like, that's really where it comes from. Um, I think the one thing that I kind of have thought that's kind of kept me going, it's the reason that I'm still doing this, <laughs> still doing the thing, because I wouldn't be here if at some point I didn't think that I could do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I think the thing that just keeps me going is, like, why shouldn't it be me? Right. Because, yes, there's a thousand people, but, like, what makes... And I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine anybody at all, but like what makes like Emma Stone, for example, more right. interesting or more capable than I am? I know I'm capable. Right. You know, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. I mean, I, like, I don't, I don't think like talent-wise, like I'm like God's gift to the world by any means, but for me, only like the really top-tier actors do I look at and be like... I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Like, I really feel like the average actor got mm-hmm. got where they are because mm-hmm. of how they look and because of who they know mm-hmm. and timing and luck and mm-hmm. perseverance. Exactly. I also, I mean, I, I just, at this point, I'm like, why, why are we buying into this? Like, why are we buying into this industry anymore? You know, like, like I, I understand There's it's the like industry, people, and I don't, for me, it's, it's always a little bit tied to being an American because to me this is very much the American dream. It's mm-hmm. like why not that I'll ask myself like why do you think you can do this? Well, mm-hmm. god damn it because I'm an American. I mean there's like there is a little bit of that, mm-hmm. you know. You can you can make something of yourself or whatever and 
circumstance and good fortune allows us to not be pigeonholed into, into like, we have to do what our parents did, which is great. Totally. Um, this is my birth control line. Okay. <laughs> do you have it with you? I do. Oh, that's good. Um, Let's not delay. The BC. The BC. Um... I think we're two very uh, introspective, <laughs> intense people. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling that. Do you think I'm intense? Yeah. Well, give you that impression. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. I know I'm very intense. Yeah. Um. No, that's that's really it. I mean. I'm just taking my birth control and I'm just thinking I hope in four years I can sit and have a conversation with someone and still be taking birth control oh wow um, <laughs> sorry I just knocked your cloth over it's okay I, I'll fix it I, I understood what you meant there mm-hmm. uh, carry on sorry I'm just, I'm just trying to be more of an optimist on a daily basis because mm-hmm. even though it's so difficult everything just like Everything looks better. Everything feels better. Like, if you have a choice, try to be optimistic. And I'm mostly talking about myself, but I am try- I do try to be optimistic about the world also. You know? Like, well, if we, don't, if we didn't have hope, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. Um, yes. Um, okay, sorry. I, like, cut you off. Carry on. No, you didn't. Go I ahead. I didn't. Um, I just, like, I think that now, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if it's about, like, being optimistic anymore, you know, like, for, for me personally, um, not about the world, because I think, honestly, you, you have to have some hope. Like, you have to have hope in yourself, you have to have hope in other people, there has to be, like, some hope. You can't go around being like, the world is doomed, because then, if everyone thought that it would be, you know what I mean? So it's just like, um, but I also think that what's so interesting about the time that we're living in right now is that people want to push all the bad things out. Like, they want them out in the open. If that makes sense, you know? So, like, that's why there has been so much conversation about racism, and especially racism in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been so much conversation about sexism and, and um, you know, xenophobia. Like, these conversations are happening right now because people do want to push out the bad things. Yeah. Like, there's... I, I saw, like... Um, I saw one of... I think it was somebody from Atlantic posted an Instagram... Um, where, like, you know how little coffee shops and bars to the chalkboard outside to, like, get you to come in? Mm-hmm. And it just says how darkness, it's like, they quoted a Bible verse, but it says, like, darkness can't drive out darkness, only light can drive out darkness. Uh-huh. So I feel like, I think about that a lot, and that if we bring things into the light <laughs> more, um, we all know how to deal with them. Because I think the reason that we don't deal with real issues is because people are so scared. That people are so scared that it's going to make them vulnerable. And But the thing is, especially with, like, talks about, like, racism these days, 
there's I think a lot of white people are feeling that they're they're hated for being white and it's like no this is not a witch hunt you know what I mean this is not like I'm not we're to to acknowledge like you know white privilege and to not be a racist is not saying that you're awful or you're an awful human being or that you shouldn't exist or anything like that it's just saying that you by acknowledging that you're white privilege that you are committing yourself to to make sure that everybody has equal opportunity. Yeah. That's that's all that you're doing. Yeah. You know? And speaking of getting things all out in the open, I'm definitely of the belief that people should err on the side of like saying what they feel. Yeah. As opposed to beating around the bush. I because agree. there is a lot of stuff that's that's not said, you mm-hmm. know, and like I mean that that's really an understatement, but I've I I certainly the day after the election, mm-hmm. I, I, I certainly felt that I was being looked at a certain way, which I had not noticed before. And I don't think I was imagining it, except I spent a lot of that day in like the cloud of like despair, which everyone else was in, and also feeling like, just going back and forth, like, do I deserve this? Am I imagining this? Can I say anything to like, to do anything about it? And... You know, and and then there was there was actually like, kind of like a racially driven incident which happened in my studio group towards the end of the semester, mm-hmm. which was very upsetting mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, and um, you know it was upsetting for a number of reasons. But I was really struck with that, and mm-hmm. then I talked with Rosemary, the head of the studio, mm-hmm. and I literally sat down and I said like, like what is my purpose here? Like I really felt like it wasn't my place to like say anything, mm-hmm. you know. Because it was an African-American kid who flipped out at a white girl mm-hmm. in my class. And I'm like, I, I see both sides of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Especially, I think the way that you get around the judgment of, of, of what you think of someone's opinion based on who they are. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I know you deal with different things because you're a woman and because you're not from here, Mm -hmm. and this and that, but I can't let that inform what I feel like I'm allowed to say to you, and what I feel like you're allowed to say back. Like, I feel like you have to say what you want to say first, Mm -hmm. and then examine what it was that you were thinking. Because I really believe that people are not going to I believe that if people are, like, inflammatory and offensive, it wasn't, it's usually not coming from a harmful place. So, like, you can say something which ends up being upsetting, but then you have to work your way back from there, rather than, like, you know, what is, okay. you know, like, what am I not allowed to say right now? So, I see. Okay, so, essentially what you're saying is we should be able to say anything to each other because that comes from a place of our own experience, right? Yeah, and then, and then go from there. Okay, I get what you're saying. I also do think, though, that um, a, a lot of the time I will have, like, not a lot of the time, but, like, sometimes I'll have a thought, and um, I won't say it because maybe someone's talking or whatever, and then I'll realize, oh, my God, that thought comes from, like, maybe something that I grew up with that was a little bit, that, you know, informed a racist way of thinking or something yeah. like that. Or, and I'll... Um, 
And I'll be like, okay, I had that thought. I checked my privilege, <laughs> you know, um, and I, like, didn't say it because I could see how it would be, like, construed in the wrong way. But I get what you're saying about, yeah. like, just saying how we feel to each other and then working through it. But I think once you – I think the reason that we need to be more cautious about what we're saying is because some people are not willing to work through it once they've heard the first thing that you yeah. said, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I do think it's, like, tough. I do think that we should be just – getting things all out in the open because I, otherwise we're living in a state of fear. I think that, honestly, right now, society is running on fear, running on the fear that we're not good enough to be successful, running on the fear that we're not pretty enough or whatever. That's why the fashion and makeup industry is, like, massive is because everyone's, like, running on this fear that they're, they're not good enough without it, you know? Yeah. And now we're running on fear about our country. Um, I said our, and it's not mine, but... <laughs> you know, in some ways, I do feel like America is a part of me in that because it is an immigrant country. And sure. So, like, um, yeah, I, I think that if you don't talk about these things, you're just running on fear. And that's not fear makes you rational. Fear makes you like it can push you. Sometimes it pushes you in different directions, but it makes it does not make you clear headed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like this is a good place to end. Yeah. Your life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top rated podcast. Podcast. <laughs>